Okay, well, it's nice to see you this evening. I, I believe I'm not just talking to you, only you. I think there's uh, other people who will be watching, possibly across the world, which is nice. Um, can you put that picture up there, Matt? I thought that was nice. And to be honest, to get through tonight, you need to see yourself in that little crib. All right? You need to wrap yourself up in the original king-sized bed and know that God loves you, that he has you in his hands. That he is resting in you right now. And you can rest in him. And that's exactly where you're meant to be, okay? So no matter... Did it go? (laughs) No matter what you may feel like, as I share tonight, I want you to remember that picture, okay? Because that is your position. That's your position. You can just be there. In that little bed. Resting with the Father. Knowing that he loves you. And that he's got you. Every year. And I don't know if you're familiar with this. I might have told you before. But every year. uh, The Lord asked me. Not just once but maybe twice or three times during the course of a year, what I actually see comes in the form of a question. What do you see, Paul? Uh, And this happens frequently. It's happened for many, many years. Uh, When he first asked me this question, it was audible, um, an audible voice that I heard very, very clearly. And... I was, uh, I can't quite remember what I was doing, but I was, I was looking somewhere and I saw a branch or a log come down on a rope in front of my eyes. And the Lord said to me, he asked me, what do you see, Paul? And I said, very brightly, I said, Lord, I see a log with a piece of string attached to it. And I heard these words. It's a plumb line, a measuring line. And I am coming to measure the church. And not only the church, but everything that is going on. I saw this 25 years ago. And then shortly after that, I saw something else, which was this time... It was just as I was going to bed, and in front of my my eyes appeared a branch. And he said, what do you see, Paul? And I said, I see a branch, Lord. He said, you have seen well, son, for that is an almond branch. And I am about to perform my word and fulfill everything everything that I've said. 
Now, during the years, I've had various moments where he's asked me, what do I see? Because what you see um, is really important. What you see for the future, what you see for your life, what you see is really, really important. Um, And oftentimes, I believe that he's waiting to hear what I see. Because... I was sent here to planet Earth as a watcher. I am a watcher, an observer. I watch what is going on. Of course, my dad sat over there and my mum's somewhere in her little apartment. But I know that I was sent here for a purpose. And I also know that he's given me words throughout all the years that I've lived for kings and presidents and prime ministers and all sorts of people all over the world. And I have seen those words fulfilled. In fact, just recently, I had a lovely letter from Harry who said a few things and then he said, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Paul, for all the words that you shared with the Prime Ministers, the Kings, and the whoever else. I can't remember what he said. But he said, they've all been fulfilled. Praise the Lord. And truly, all of them were fulfilled. Now, I'm not saying this for my sake. I'm not saying it to boast. I'm just saying it because it's a fact. Okay? So I'm not in this house for my sake, although I am for my sake as well. But I am here for you. And not only for you, but for many people around the world. So I know this thing. And you've got to know it, especially now. You have got to know it, especially now. Because some things are going to happen, and you are going to wonder in all the world what is going on. But you will be able to look back and listen and hear some things that I have previously said that will have been fulfilled, okay? So I'm I'm just telling you, because you need to know. And I felt like the Lord said to me today that I needed to just tell you clear and straight. Because it's not just a word that I give, but my life is a prophetic sign. That is what I am. That is why I, I cause so much tension. That's why I cause so much tension. That's why I provoke so many people. That's why it's so difficult to sit in the house at times. That's it. You all knew it, but I'm just, I'm just verbalizing it and making sure that you understand it because the year that we are about to go into, you will remember that two years ago, I believe that we spoke about everything being shaken that could possibly be shaken. Shortly after that, we also... I felt like the Lord showed me a vortex, if you remember this, a vortex that was moving very fast, started very wide and went very thin. And he said to me that five, uh, five years would be pushed into five months. And I believe that actually after a little while I began to say, in 10 years there's going to be two years. Two years is going to be the accumulation of 10 years pushed into a funnel-like thing, and what would normally take 10 years 
will take two years. Well, I'm pretty sure that we've just seen 10 years pushed into two years. I have no doubt about it. We are seeing around the world 10 years pushed into two years. And this is unprecedented. What is happening in the world today is unprecedented. I don't think we have ever seen, well, I certainly have not seen it in my lifetime, anything like what is happening in these days. And I think that we are just about to embark on the most momentous year we have ever had. I do. I'm absolutely certain about it. This is going to be the most momentous year that you have ever lived through. Is it going to be good? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows if it's going to be good? Much of what happens is much of what happens is to do with our response. Much of what goes on is to do with our response. It's from where we respond and how we respond. Because we cannot do anything in the same spirit as the world. No one can change, not one thing, in the same spirit as the world. You cannot change anything by being like the world. You cannot pull a system down and put another system in its place if it's the same spirit that's doing it. It's an impossibility. So we've got to do things in a different way. From a different place. So, every year, I write to the Lord. Now, this is an incredible thing. I don't know if I told you this, but this is absolutely true. And I'm sure that there's perhaps one or two people that can testify to it here. But last year, I was a little bit late writing what I saw. I think it was just after the new year. Or was it last year or two years ago? I was a little, it might have been two years ago. I was a little bit late. And I felt like he was waiting for me to have finished what I'd written. And of course, I write it all and it, it can take hours. It can take hours. Because he's interested to know what I'm seeing, what I'm observing, what I'm thinking. As he is interested to know what you're seeing, thinking, and observing. He's very interested in you. What you see, what's going on in your life, what, what's going on around you. But of course, I, I went through all these things and wrote them all down. And then, as I normally do, I, write, I read them all afterwards. I write them all down, I read it all, and then I write a thing through it and put a date on it. And I put a, I put a ping, a, a, a full stop afterwards. And the moment that I did it, so you think, I, I was thinking about this as well, Jesus, you, you understand that when Jesus stood up in Nazareth, in his hometown, and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled. You know, there, there was just a few people there. There weren't millions of people there. Do you understand me? There weren't hundreds of thousands of people there. He wasn't doing an evangelistic message. Jesus was simply reading the scripture, and then he said, this day, it's fulfilled. And you know what happened in that moment? In that moment, those people who had loved him and been with him for a lot of his life suddenly decided 
they didn't like him anymore. And they didn't want to be with him anymore. And they tried to push him off the edge of a cliff. Do you remember that? Well, I, I just want you to understand that when we come together like this, you look around and you go, well, there's very few people here. I tell you what, no, no, none of this, in one sense, none of this actually matters. Do you understand me? I don't, and I, please hear me. I don't mean that it doesn't matter. What I mean is that there is a dimension beyond everything that you are seeing right now. There is a wholly different dimension to everything that we are doing. And of course, if you could really see it, and, and you can, you can realize it, you can use your real eyes and begin to see it. There are incredible things taking place all the time. And you happen to be part of it. You, right here, in Bradford, in this most lowly place, this place that is despised and looked at as though it means nothing. You, here, in Shipley, Bradford, you are part of something that is so much bigger than you could ever realize, but you must begin to realize. You must begin to realize what your part in what is happening really is. Because you can no longer afford to be quiet and silent. No longer. It's all finished. I've been saying for years, haven't I been saying for years, this is not church as we used to know it. This is no longer Sunday. So I want to tell you, I'm never going to say that again. Because that has finished, it's gone. No more Sunday school, no more church as usual. This is a completely new moment in time. This right now. It will never, ever be the same. Everything is going to be different. Everything. We are going to have different times. There are going to be amazing things that are going to happen. There are things that you have never seen in your life before that are going to take place. It's all going to happen. But you have got to want it. You have got to choose it. And you have got to say yes to that which God wants to do in this house and in this place. Because if you do not say yes to it, you will miss it. Listen to me again. You will miss it. And now you've got to begin to stand up on the inside. You've got to begin to be the people that you truly are. Because it is. We had 10 years into two years. Now we have a year in which a whole new era is going to begin. Something completely new is going to take place in this year. Now I am normally early. You know me, I've been, I have been blabbing on about these things for the last three years. Honestly, I have been saying things that you have all tutted at and gone, what's he on about? What's he saying? Do we even want to listen to it? But I want to tell you, I am always early. But now, it's catching up with me. It's all catching up. Honestly, it's catching up with you. And your eyes are going to open widely very, very shortly. Because there are things that are going to happen and things that you are going to see that if you are not, found in Jesus, it is going to shake your life like you have never been shaken before. Just saying. Please don't be upset with me, because I know that people get upset with me. Because I do provoke. I realize that I provoke. That's why I'm sent to the earth. I'm sent to provoke. I'm sent to make you ask questions. You are meant to go home and be a little bit annoyed with me. 
You are. You were meant to go home and be a little bit annoyed with me because, you see, something happens on the inside of you. And let's face it, all of you have done that, I'm sure, at some point. But you're still here. You're all still here. Isn't it amazing? All these years, you're all still here. I'm still here. That's amazing. Huh? Wow. But, okay. Just put that up again. Just put that picture up again, Matt. Okay. Um, This, I mean, just think about this. So God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they knew. They knew about everything. They knew all about it, everything. Everything that's presently going on, everything that was going on then. They knew everything that was coming. And the Father was quite happy to, do you realize that he caused an awful lot of upset? The Father caused an awful lot of upset. I mean, can you imagine being Mary and Joseph? I mean, Joseph, for instance, you know, everybody knows how someone gets pregnant. And here he was with Mary, and she's pregnant. Can you imagine the disruption? Can you imagine the despair, the things that they really went on? You know, this is another false narrative, isn't it? You know, we have these beautiful pictures. Can you put that beautiful picture up, Matt? We have these beautiful scenes. We send these beautiful cards to one another. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it lovely? Isn't it lovely? I want to tell you, they were refugees. There was nothing lovely about This is just a false narrative. Another false narrative that everyone believes because we don't want to believe the other things because the other things are much more difficult in reality to deal with. But Mary and Joseph... They had to deal with reality. In that moment, when Jesus was conceived on the inside of Mary, they had a huge amount of reality to deal with. They had to ask questions. They had to go through shame, embarrassment. They had to talk to each other. Can you imagine those questions? Can you imagine what was going on in their lives? Can you imagine how it felt for them? And now they get displaced, they have to move. Refugees. This wants some nice little time. This wants some lovely little Christmas card. This was a real time where real people had to look at real things and answer real questions. Huh? Oh no, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We don't want to look at real things. Because reality is too hard for us. Listen to me. Everyone is going to have to look at reality in these coming months and days, days and months. Everyone. It's going to cause you to ask questions. What did you believe? Why did you believe it? Who did you believe? It's all coming. I'm telling you. It's all coming down the pipeline. And every one of us is going to have to ask questions. And you're going to have to be as brave as Mary, and as courageous as Joseph, as they had to deal with some realities in their own lives. Reality is a terrible thing, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if there weren't any reality to deal with? 
Do you know what it's been like dealing with reality for me over these years? It has been so painful, so hard. And even now I'm at the end of a reality that is so painful, so hard. But I've only got to say that this was God's doing. He did it. He caused all this disruption. He caused all these questions. He caused all this upheaval. All of it. He caused it all. And then he put Jesus in that little crib. And he went, it's all right, son. I want you to put your head back and to rest in me. I want you to find me and to know that under that straw is my hand and that I am singing to you like a mother sings to a child. I am singing and speaking and loving you just like I love Jesus in that little bed. And he had to learn. See, he had a a body prepared for him, just like you've had a body prepared for you. You see, your spirit, you've had a body prepared for you. And now you have to come to a different dimension and understanding altogether. Now you have to find yourself in him. So that when all these things begin to move and, 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 and the waves and the wind and everything starts happening, you've got to know that you are right there in the palm of his hand. This is not about singing hymns. This is not about singing scriptures. It's not about reciting scriptures. It's not about praying even. It's not about fasting. None of this will do. None of it will do. It's not enough. None of it's not enough. None of it. That may all be the straw It may all be the wood of the crib, but his hand is there. You see, his hand, he's a person. It's a relationship, his spirit. He wants relationship with us. It's not not the same as it was yesterday. Your life with Jesus is not the same as it was yesterday. It's different. Now it's real. It's real now, please don't misunderstand me. I know you're saying, but Paul, it's been real all my life. Yes, it has been real. But there's another dimension that he's pulling you into. He's pulling you into it. You can feel it even as I talk. He's pulling you into it. And he's saying, come, I want you to be with me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to know me. I want you to rest your head on the pillow with me. I was saying this to someone a little while ago, you know, that when, when can you put that picture up? Uh, the, the, this is what me and, I think me and Adam were down in Sorrento. This, you remember that one? You see, after we'd climbed five steps and we'd followed the, the, the way of the cross and all the stations of the cross up these steps into this room at the top, and this is what we saw. God, was he talking? It was that day. Huh? Because this is what he talked to me about when I was having all those arrhythmia. And when I thought I was going to die that night, 
I thought I was going to die, honestly. I'm not, I'm not being overdramatic. I actually did thought I was going to die that night. And after an hour of going through some of that, the most horrendous things, he said to me, Paul, I want you to go back to bed and I want you to make your pillows up and then I want you to lay your head on the pillow with me. And I, I just like you, I know that, well, I've said these things, but he is my breath. You've said that as well, haven't you? You've said that he's the breath of your life. You've said that you live because of him. You've said all these things because I've said all of those things as well. But now, I was going to find out that Jesus actually is the life that I live. Because when your heart stops, he has to breathe for you. He has to breathe for you. And I realize that as I put my head on that pillow, he started breathing for me. He started breathing. And he started talking to me. And it was a wholly different dimension than I'd ever experienced before. And I've, believe me, I've experienced a lot. I've experienced being back in the womb in the middle of a, 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 a firefight going on in Nepal many, many years ago. That's where all the Ephesians 1 stuff came from before we were born. We were in him. That's where it all came from. It came in the middle of complete darkness. And me wondering if I was going to live, it came from that place. And I actually managed to sleep in the middle of all that firefight. So these are real things. You understand me? These are not, these are, this is not me just preaching. It's not me just giving you a nice sermon. This is my life. It's my life. And I know that you were here because you were chosen to be in this house and in this place. And this people at this time, you, not someone else, don't look at anybody else, you, right now, you were chosen. This is not just anything. This is something. This is something. You are here for this time right now. But this is where we have to be. We have to be in that place where we can rest. We have to find it. And every time we come together and the musicians begin to, begin to minister to the Lord and we're here together, we've got to start reaching inside out to Jesus. You need him more than you've ever needed him before. There's no doubt about that, is there? You can all agree with me about that right now. You need him like you never, ever needed him before. And somehow together, we're going to find a new place together to be with him in that place. It's going to be beautiful. But it's not going to be like it's been. Never again. It's all going to change. So we're going to learn how to be. And, and of course, our whole lives we've been learning how to be naked, haven't we, really? If you think about it, we've been learning how to be naked. And Jesus, of course, parts of his life were naked. He was naked when he was in that little crib. He was naked in the middle of his ministry. Do you remember? He took off his towel. Took off his towel, didn't he? To do what? To serve others. 
And he was saying, you know what? Boys and girls, do you know what? This is what we do. Because this is God, naked God. He's, he's naked. There's nothing hidden. Nothing. Nothing's hidden. Huh? But we hide. We hide away all sorts of things. And of course, we're not, we're not, we're not going to be naked for everybody, but we're going to be naked for God. Because when you get like that, you don't have to beg anymore. You don't have to pray. You don't have to ask him anymore. You don't have to do the things that you used to do. You don't have to fast to get his presence. You don't have to do any of those things. Because when you were naked, he, the naked God, comes to join you. He lives in your nakedness. He lives in it. When you get that honest, that's what we've been. Isn't that what he's been showing us all these years? Isn't that what discipleship, come on, come on. That's what discipleship's all about. We just gave it a name. But what's it about? It's about sharing life. It's about vulnerability. It's about openness. It's about going, hey, this is me. Lord, this is me. That's where it all takes us. Jesus went, hey, if I can't wash your feet, if you won't take your socks off, I can't have any part. You can't have any part of me. That's what he said. It was so easy to understand what he was saying. He's, he's, and he's going, he's not going, because I don't want you to have any part of me. He's going, this is who I am, the essence of my being. This is who I am. I can't be any other way. I'm either open or nothing. I'm either transparent or nothing. I'm either honest or nothing. You see, that's the problem. And you see, still, I can't be fully honest with you. You understand me? You go, well, well, Paul, you could be. No, no, I can't be fully honest with you because you're not yet perfected in love. You understand me? Because it's when, you, when you're honest, when you're really, really honest, it's a different place altogether. You see, everyone wants to be a friend with Jesus. But not everyone is a friend with Jesus because friends know what Jesus was doing. Servants didn't, friends did. Everyone wants to be a friend. Everyone can be a friend, you understand me. But if you want to be a friend, something else has got to happen. Naked God. That's where we've been going. Yeah. So now we've just got to go, Jesus, I want to know you in a way that I've never known you before. I want to lay in that little crib and know your hands underneath me. I don't want to play games anymore. I don't want to hide things anymore. I, I want to be fully vulnerable. Oh man, it's painful. It's painful. That's why, this, that's why the church is in such a state that it's in. I mean, the, generally the church I'm talking about. We're still wanting conferences and words and we still want this and that and the other and the smell of coffee and we don't like it if the band don't have it all together and we all get, blah, blah, go, go to nursery. Go to nursery. Go to the cricket club. Go somewhere else. But that's over now. Now we're going to grow up. Huh? Going to live in a different spirit. Naked, vulnerable, transparent, honest. And that little, 
that little boy, Jesus, grew up. And I was thinking about this, you know. The father wasn't worried. He wasn't worried about the Roman situation. He wasn't worried about the empire. He wasn't worried about any of those things. He had him. He got him. And then he said, come on, son. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know where you came from. What you're going to do. How are you going to do it? I want you to know that, son. So during these years, son, I want you to find out. When you read that scripture, you're reading about you. That's what he was doing. He was reading about him. And inside, because he already knew him, inside, he went, whippee, that's me. Sometimes he didn't. He went, oh, no. Is that me? Is that, is that what I have to go through, Father? Huh? But you understand me. He, he wasn't looking for the word to try and make himself into something. He was already someone. All the word did was confirm to him who he already was. And he read it and he went, oh, Lord, now I get it, Father. Now I understand it. I see it. It lights up. That's what he was doing. When he heard a song about Adonai, when he heard a song about the Messiah, something lit up inside him. He wasn't singing, as it were, to the Father. He was knowing who he was in the Father. And he was going, this is glorious. Together, we're going to change the world. That's what he was doing. He was alive. He became conscious to every, everything that he was already. In all those years that followed, that's it. That's what he was doing. Do you know what the greatest threat to darkness is right now? The greatest threat to darkness is that you might become the one that you were always meant to be. That is the one thing. You, you, you understand me? When people talk about plans, so people go, oh, there is no plan. There is nothing from... Listen to me. Don't be so stupid. Ever since the beginning, the devil has had a plan. He hates you. He's real. But he's nothing. He's a liar. He's a liar. That's all that he has. He has lies and falsehoods and deceit. And when you listen to his lies and falsehood and deceit, you give him power. That's the only power that he has. But don't tell me there's not a plan to try and enslave humanity. Don't tell me it's a conspiracy theory because it ain't no conspiracy theory. It's been known since the beginning. And if you still think it's a conspiracy theory, you better repent and ask God to open your eyes because this is real and it's going on right now and it's been going on for hundreds of years before you ever got here but right now it's gathering momentum but the greatest threat to darkness is you discovering who you really are that is the greatest threat to darkness the light of life lives in you. Lives in you. He is the light of life that lives 
on the inside of you. He gives light to every man. But to you, you are full of light and glory. And now you've got to discover it for yourself. No more Sunday school. No more church as normal. Now you have got to see the unveiling of who you really are. Who you really are. Because who you are is phenomenal. It's outstanding. It's amazing. It's astonishing. And he knows it. But I'm not sure that you've learned it yet. But he knows it. The awakening to this Jesus life, the oneness, the birthing of the sons of God, the bride loving the bridegroom, expressing this love life and this relationship, this is the greatest threat to darkness. So if we're going to have anything to do, listen to me, because everyone wants to do things, don't they? But why don't we just be in that little crib? Why don't we just be in that little crib? And as we're in that little crib, let's just become conscious of who we really are. You know, every moment that you get where you can just be, Every time you watch something on the TV, every time you watch a film, ask the Lord to show you glimpses of his oneness. Ask him to show you the way that he loves you. Instead of looking like the world looks at everything, begin to ask him to transform everything that you touch, everything that you watch, everything that you read. Begin to ask him to transform it so that you begin to see it in every page of every book that you ever read, of every magazine. Do you understand me? Begin to think in a different way. Begin to ask him to bring it alive. That's what we've all got to do. We stop messing about, stop using all this beautiful time that we've been given, just letting it like water out of our fingers. Do you understand me? Just running away. You ain't got time for that anymore. You ain't got time for it anymore. Do you not understand what is going on? There's no time for that anymore. This is the greatest threat to the system of the world. You, finding out who you really are. It's the greatest threat to the system. And I don't know if you've noticed, but systems are breaking down everywhere. Have you noticed that? Systems are breaking down everywhere. And people are going, oh, isn't it wonderful that systems are breaking down because we can see that there's been some bad systems going on. There's some institutions that are just going to collapse they're just going to be nowhere. They're just going to go. You're going to see them this year. They're just going to disappear in front of your eyes. And some people will go, isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't it beautiful that this thing's happening? Well, I want to tell you, it's only beautiful if there's some wisdom in the house. It's only beautiful if there's someone that understands the Spirit of God. It's only wonderful if there's someone who can build something. Because otherwise, anything that is rebuilt in the same Spirit... And the same way will be just as bad, if not worse. But listen, who knows the essence of the Father? Who knows the words of God? Who knows the promises of God? Surely that is you, the people of God. Is that not you? You know it. So what is the world waiting for then? 
What's it waiting for? Everybody's waiting for a saviour in America. They're waiting for a saviour. They want the saviour to come along. Could be anyone. But they want someone to come along. But I want to tell you, the light of life lives on the inside of you. You are the light of the world, aren't you? No, listen to me again. No, that was pathetic. You are the light of the world because the light of the world lives on the inside of you. And if you're still going, oh, no, that's not me, then I want to tell you, you need to go to the cricket club. No, I mean it. Stop it. It's nonsense. It's all nonsense. This false humility. It's nonsense. Do you, want, do you know what Jesus has done for you? He has made you an ambassador. He has made you a son of God. He, he has made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you dare to say that you are not the light of the world. Hush. Hush now. You don't want to listen to it anymore. He's tired of it. My God. Thank you, Jesus. You know that when Jesus was born, for 400 years, there'd been nothing going on. There'd been not a being going on. There was no word of the Lord. It was quiet. Everywhere was quiet. There was no prophetic word. Oh yeah, the angels were there. They were just there like they've always been there, but no one saw them. There was nothing going on supernatural that anyone could see, but it was all still there, just as it has always been there. But it was silent for 400 years before Jesus was born. And I want to tell you this. Oh, I've, I've, I've heard it all. You know, in these days, they're trying to strip away. Have you heard anything as pathetic in all your life? They're trying to strip away the Word of God. So they're going to take it out of the schools. We've seen that, haven't we? We've seen them taking it out of the schools, taking it out of the hotels, taking it out of everywhere. Well, listen, that, what does that mean? It means absolutely nothing at all because the Word of God lives on the inside of us. I don't care if they come and take the cross from around my neck. They can't take the cross from the middle of my being. Do you understand me? I don't care. Huh? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. So why would you be worried about all that? I'll tell you, we're giving a lot of time to those kind of things. Stop giving time to them. The life of Jesus is living on the inside of us. There was no word. There was no word, no expression of the prophetic word. But I want to tell you, Mary, 14 years old, on that little donkey, inside of her, talk about it, the word of God. Huh? The word of God was on the inside of her, and everything was getting magnetized towards her. Everything was getting magnetized towards her. You understand me? Stars were moving in the sky because of what was inside her. Provision came to her. Shepherds came. Real shepherds. I don't mean the false ones. I mean the real ones. Real shepherds came. Kings came, laden. Camels, dromedaries, laden with gifts. Provision came from every place to meet him. Why would you be worried? 
Do you understand me, though? These are just, it's just like we read a little bit of scripture. We look at those lovely little Christmas cards and we say, oh, happy Christmas, happy Christmas. Let's have some more turkey. Oh, give me a break. Come on. Come on, kids. Come on now. This is 2023. And we are rushing towards, this is why it is, this year is the beginning of the second advent of Christ. This year is the beginning of the second advent of Christ. I don't know what that means, but I know that the glory of God is going to fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's what I know. That's what's going to happen. And it's just the beginning of it. You understand me? So you better reposition yourself. And by that, I mean, you see yourself in that little crib. Surrounded by the straw. And oh, yeah, it's lovely. You've got your little head on your pillow. It's wonderful. But I want you to begin to go, okay, Lord, you have taught me so many things. You've shown me so many things. But now, Lord, I don't just want to recite them like some little, little Bible going off. I don't want to recite them and just say prayers. I want life. I want this that I've learned and seen, and I know I want it to be the life on the inside of me like it's never been before. Come on, I've been saying this for years, kids. I've been saying this for years in this house. Really? It's time now. It's time. And when I talk about this house, I mean all the houses that we are related to. And you go, what can we do? I want to tell you, we can change the world. We can change the world. Oh, are you afraid? Why would you be afraid of the darkness? You have light on the inside of you. You have no need to fear the darkness. It fears you. It fears you. I want to tell you, I just, I just wrote this. You know, the, the, the word of God, the life of God is on the inside of us. It's beginning to pop. It's beginning to pop. And now we're getting fueled. There's, there's like some new fuel. You, you know when people talk about climate control and all that, okay, climate things and all that, okay, I want to tell you, you've got a climate on the inside of you. And some are icy cold, not you, of course, but some are icy cold climates. Others are just beginning to warm up. But I want to tell you, there's some feels on the inside of you. There's some, there's some new divine energy feels on the inside of you that are just waiting to pop into life. You understand me? Don't you understand this? Everywhere, it's natural first. But on the inside of you, there are energy feels that are just waiting to burst into life. There's something about your mind, something about your brain. It's, it's, been, it's been settled for too long, but I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost is going to red pill you like you've never known before. You're going to burst into life. You're going to shock yourselves. It's going to be like Scrooge on a, on a 25th of December. No, honestly, I mean it. Some of you are going to wake up like you've never woken up before. I'm telling you now. Some of you are going to dream dreams and have visions and see things that have never happened to you. Phil, you are in line, my man, for some incredible visitation. So just get ready. Get ready. You, want, you, you, think, he, you think he didn't want to take you out? He wanted to take you out. Of course he did. Of course he wanted to take you out. But he's got... This is what you've been waiting for all your life, Phil. All your life. You've been waiting for this, sugar cane. Those legs are going to go like never before. You notice it with your legs that you had to go at. Huh? Yeah, really, come on. 
Come on. You've got to start seeing now in a different way. When you look, you've got to see in a different way. There's all sorts of new fuel. Fuel, fields of divine energy. And of course, you know, we, we've always gone on about, oh yeah, well, filled with the Holy Spirit. Look, filled with the Holy Spirit, yes, but every field that's on the inside of you needs lighting up. Do you understand me? Whether it's fossil fuels, whether it's, whether it's uh, what you call it, I don't know, all these different, whatever you call them, I can't, I can't remember. But all these different fields of energy are on the inside of you. And he's going to light them all up. He's going to light them all up. Huh? And of course, the people of God were under the oppressive rule of Rome. It was oppressive. I don't know what you think it were like, but as I said, it's, it's a false narrative. We've, we've, we've just eaten a false narrative all our lives, and it's, we've turned it into this beautiful little moment where we have turkey and go, everything's beautiful and everything's wonderful. Well, I want to tell you everything's not beautiful and everything's not wonderful. And you can eat, eat as much turkey as you want, but in the end, you're just going to get fat. You're just going to get fat. No, honestly, we need to eat something different. We need to eat real bread, real bread, drink real wine, you know what I mean. It's evident from the birth story of Jesus that there was a census taken up by Caesar Augustus, you all remember it. That's, that census went throughout the whole world. What was he saying? Oh, he was just reminding people that although they were free, they were not really free, they were owned. They were enslaved. I want to tell you, if you haven't noticed yet, someone's trying to tell you who you are and what you can do and where you can go and what you can't go and see and do and everything else. Do you understand me? He's still playing the same old game. But you haven't realized it yet because you think everything's okay. Everything is not okay. It's not. There's someone taking another census. Someone wants to enslave you. Did you not notice that during the lockdown? Oh, no, because during the lockdown, they gave you a little bit of money and they gave you a nice loan and they told you everything's going to be okay. But everything wasn't okay. And it's still in okay. And the consequences of those lockdowns, you are going to see and you will weep when you actually want to look it was gone on during those lockdowns. And yes, like Pharaoh. You know, I remember, I saw a vision very early on. It was Pharaoh, and it was his sages around him. You know, when Moses was trying to get the people out of the country, out of Egypt, do you remember? Oh yeah, the magicians. The magicians and the sages, and the wizards and the mediums. Oh, well, we don't have any of those, do we, anymore? Are you kidding me? Are you blind and dumb and stupid? No, really. Do you honestly think that we don't have that? Huh? I mean, isn't it a bit of a giveaway, giveaway that we have people who are called sage? Isn't it a bit of a giveaway that we have mediums? You know, a bit of a giveaway that scientists think that the wizards 
Huh? Is these things not a bit of a giveaway? Are we really so asleep that we've not noticed it? Oh, yes, but we have to do what the government say. Oh, do we? Oh, go and tell that to Acts 5 then. Go and tell that to the, to the Christians in the first church. We have to do what the government say. Who are the government, for goodness sake? Tyrants and liars. And send it anywhere you want. The tyrants and liars, most of them. Oh, yeah, but we're going to listen to their voice, aren't we? Oh, that's a clever idea. That's a really clever idea. Not. And then we just go, well, you know, people made the choice, they took the choices, they did what they wanted, yes, of course. Of course they did. But the voice of the church wasn't heard. I didn't hear a voice of the church anywhere. I didn't, I didn't hear a prophetic voice anywhere, apart from mine, but no one listens to mine. Huh? I didn't hear a prophetic voice. Maybe I heard one or two. But the church won't listen to anyone. The church in general has not listened to anyone but what the world's listened to. Huh? Magicians, wizards, whatever you want to call them, mediums. But it's time to wake up, kids. Time to wake up, I'm telling you. This, this is a nice introduction, believe me. This is a friendly introduction to what's going to be about to take it to go. It's a friendly introduction. Because some people won't stop weeping. I read, I read a little note the other day. A lady, beautiful lady, a lawyer, Anna de Bussera, they call her. A military lawyer. She said, I wake up every night at two o'clock and I weep for three hours every single night. And she says, I'm weeping for all of you. I'm weeping for all of you. I don't know if she's a Christian. I only know that at two o'clock every night until five, she's weeping. Because something's happened on the inside of her heart and she's seen something and understood something. And gone, what in all the world have we done? What has just happened? She's woken up. And of course, we're waking up to all sorts of things. It's beautiful. This wake-up call's coming out to all sorts of aspects of life everywhere. It's fantastic. It's fascinating. We have the Cornelius contingent all over, waking up. Beautiful people who don't yet know Jesus, but we're seeking after righteousness and truth and justice. And I tell you, they are all over the world. And they are rising up like angels. I'm telling you, and the church has been silent. The church has done nothing. But like the contingent of Cornelius, they are rising up everywhere. And we are going to see it. And I tell you, if you believe it, it's easy to talk to people. All you've got to do is just open your mouth and open your heart because they are ready to listen. They're ready. Don't wait anymore. And they don't want to hear about church. They don't want to hear about church. They want to hear about Jesus. And they want to hear about your life. And how Jesus has changed your life. That's what they want to hear. 
They're longing for it because they want something authentic. They want something beautiful. And they look at your life and they go, this is authentic and beautiful. I want some of that. So just share away because it's easy. It's not difficult anymore. We're in a new moment. This is a new moment. It's happening all over. Just go for it. Don't be afraid anymore. Just go for it. People are in pain. They're hurting. They're hurting. But you see, everyone's beginning to feel this oppressive plan, this centuries-old plan. They're all beginning to feel it. You're all going to feel it, and that's good. Everybody needs to feel it. You understand me? God, God's not trying to shield you from it. He wants you to feel it. He wants you to know it's real. He wants you to see it. He wants you to read the papers and see, see, see the news. And you eventually go, what? Is this real? Is this real? Have you, have you actually listened to the news re recently? Is any of it real? I'm not sure any of it's real anymore. I listen to it, I go, what, what world is it they are living in? Because it ain't the one that I'm living in. Huh? It's just a nonsense. <clears throat> He's just a liar. We know it. Why would anyone be shocked by this? Why would anyone be shocked at all? Do you remember in Luke 5? No, Luke 4, verse 5. It says that Jesus, that after he'd, he'd been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, you remember that, and then he was in the desert, in the wilderness. Do you know that he had a face-to-face? -face. The, the enemy came to him. Do you remember? This one called the devil came and showed him all the kingdoms of the world as though he owned them. He owns nothing. He's a liar. He doesn't own the kingdoms of the world. He's a liar. He doesn't own anything. It all belongs to God. The earth and everything in it belongs the beauty, the fullness of God's glory. It all belongs to God. He's the king of the universe and Satan's a liar. But nonetheless, he took Jesus up the mountain and he went, you can have all of this if you'll just worship me. Well, that's what he's been wanting all these centuries. Do you understand that? No, listen, do you understand it? Because you need to understand it. It's real. I would have liked to have said, oh, well, we have all evolved to such a state that we're all conscious now and we're all very good. We're all doing a great job. Everything's changed and we're all lovely towards each other. I hear all this stuff about, oh, be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Respect one another. What? And then I see all this stuff on social media, slagging each other off. Swearing at one another. Huh? Have you seen that stuff? It's awful. And yet we're, oh, yeah, be good, be respectful, blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to tell you, it's the same as it's always been. Without a new heart, without a new spirit, without the spirit of God, it's not possible. It's not. It's just not possible. So it's good that we know him, isn't it? Isn't it beautiful? Is everyone all right? I should have told you to put your helmets on at the time, shouldn't I? Thank you, Lord. But you know, you know, sometimes I, I, go, I go with these things, I'm so burdened with them. It's been, Christmas for me is like being burdened with a word. I said, uh, said to Adam, he said, how's it been? It's like holding something inside until I can let it go. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> yeah, a census, a blatant reminder that they were owned. A blatant reminder. Someone is trying to tell you that you are owned. Do you know what? There's only one person that gives you the right of life. And his name 
is Jesus, the king of the universe. And he gives, the, he gives you the right to choose about your life. No one else gives you that right. The government don't give you that right. The council don't give you that right. No one else gives you that right. The sanctity of life is held in his hands. And anyone starts messing around with it, they're going to be in trouble. You think they can do it without getting in trouble? Huh? No way. No way. Isaiah 5, verse 20 to 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put beer for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to them. You know, last year or the year before, I heard this sound in the spirit. Woe! I heard it thrashing through the air. Woe! And then I saw flying scrolls. I saw them going everywhere. This is what I saw. I saw flying scrolls and celestial beings knocking on people's doors. I saw doors being opened everywhere, all over the world. And I heard those words. I heard those words. And I want to tell you now, within this year, and I said, please understand me. God takes delight in no man's death. God wants that no man perish. Do you understand me that the consequences of non-stop wrongdoing is death? It is. It's not God doling out judgment. You understand me? You've got it wrong. It's not God judging people. It is people their own words judging them. And somehow those, those words are like boomerangs that go out and they go out and they slice through people's lives. They slice and slice and slice. And then at some point, they come right back. Boom. You see, the consequence of your own words, it's dangerous. And when I saw those scrolls going out, I understood that the consequences of people's words were coming right back on them. And I'll tell you now that this year, you will see celebrities, media, shendices, shall we call it that? Is that an English word? Maybe it's a Norwegian word, sorry. Uh, people who have got status, kudos, politicians, people that have had a lot to say about a lot of things. Suddenly, they will be gone. You won't see them. You will not hear of them again. They will not be remembered. They're going. I'm telling you. Mark my words. Well, you can do, can't you? It's the beginning of the year. I'm saying it in front of everybody. Do I want to see it? No, I do not want to see it. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because I heard those knocks. And when I talked to the Lord about it, I said, Lord, what, what is that? Show me more. And he took me to Acts 12 and verse 23, and it says, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Do you remember that? It was Herod. And he was taking all the glory for himself. 
he was making himself into someone that he really wasn't. And one day he was there and the next day he'd gone. Just gone. We remember him only because we read about him. Who will you believe? Who will you believe? You see, the sadness is that you don't have to be prophetic to see any of these things. You just have to open your eyes. Let me say it again. You don't have to be prophetic to see any of what I'm saying. You just have to open your eyes and open your ears. And when it frightens you, and when you don't like it, take it to Jesus. I just want to read this and then we'll come to the end. Acts 5. This is the context. Signs and wonders were being done. The church was growing. The sick were being healed. On the streets, shadow healing was taking place. And that's pretty neat when that happens. That's pretty neat. I've been into a bit of that. That's good. I'd like to see a bit more of that. Bit of shadow healing. But shadow healing was taking place. Unclean spirits were being cast out. There are all sorts of things going on. It says in verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. If you read through this whole scripture, what you see is the high priest, the Sadducees, the council were involved, the elders were involved, the officers came out, the guards were mentioned, and the chief priests were also there. Everybody in the council came out because life was being released on the streets. Everyone. It infuriated everyone. They all came out. Verse 28. Let's go on a little bit further. He says there, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and saviour, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Well, I just want to say, it's pretty interesting. You know, people talk about, they have a theological talk about this. Is it right to obey God or to obey the government? Well, actually, when I read this, I can see quite plainly who I'm going to obey. And it ain't going to be the government. Huh? I don't, need to be a, I don't need to be a theological bod to understand this. God himself turned up everywhere. So I don't need him to tell me because I see him everywhere. And I go, oh, 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 Father, you mean then that really if you say something, I should do what you say. Do you know I've had a few conversations with various people who've said to me, Uh, during the course of this last two years and in different contexts have said to me, I wish that I had done what Jesus told me to do. 
Because I wouldn't be in this situation had I done what Jesus actually said. What's to say to that? Huh? Anyone else heard those things? Is it just me? Am I the only one that's heard those things? No, I'm not. Jesus. I mean, the truth is, and again, we, people say to me, but why ever would people do this thing to us? Why ever? Why ever would there be a plan against us? Well, I don't know. All I know is that for thousands of years, it's been true. It's full of that same plan in this book. So I don't need to know anything other than just hearing God's voice and going, okay, there's a bit of a plan that's against me. I better listen to you, Jesus. Huh? That's all I need to know. You know, the interesting thing is that I've spent years going to other countries. You know me, I've been, I've been over, I went to Homer Bay when there were no streets, there were no proper streets, there were no lighting, there, was no, there were no toilets, there were no buses, there were nothing. It was dark, there were witchcraft going on everywhere. You, walk, you, you went down the street and I'm telling you, it was frightening, absolutely frightening. I've been to these places all over the world where there was no veneer of niceness. There was no veneer of any respectability of any kind. It just wasn't there. You could see plainly inside that there were things going on that were not good. But you all and all this world, this Western world, has kind of gone, oh, well, it looks very nice. Everything looks lovely. And we have a nice narrative. It's all beautiful. And we send nice cards to each other. And everything's beautiful. But I want to tell you, all the veneer is coming off right now. All of it's coming away. All of it is. Do you, has there ever been a time that we had three prime ministers in one year? Uh, duh. Huh? Duh. Has there ever been a time where we had three prime ministers in one year? Doesn't that make you think something at least? What's that? There we go. Thank you, Leon. Thank you for that. I don't think it makes it any better, though. <laughs> no, but, but really, I mean, it's incredible what's going on. We have tyrants and liars who are leading our country, and we are quiet. What is going on with us? What about your children and your children's children? What is the legacy of this country? I want to tell you right now, we are in a time where sheeps and goats are getting found out. Do you remember Jesus talked about the sheep nations and the goat nations? I want to tell you, this nation is right on the edge of becoming a goat nation. You go, it could never happen. I want to tell you, it could happen just like that. This nation. Oh, no, no, it won't. Well, are you going to wait for, for it to, to see it? You see, this is the thing. This is why I, I can't stand it. It's like, okay, well, we'll just wait and see. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea, isn't it? Huh? We'll just wait and see. Matt, what about your children? Huh? What about our children? 
I want to tell you, the, the generations before us fought for us to have democracy. They fought for us to have free life. They fought for it. They'll be turning in the graves right now, seeing the way that we act. This is the other thing that I saw. The evidence is in. The evidence is in. I'm, I, I believe this. There are not only watchers in terms of spiritual. There's not only spiritual watchers watching and observing and looking at what's going on in the world. And people go, it's angels. I want to tell you, God, God, the angels are beautiful, believe me. But God gives all his best jobs to humans. Gives all his best jobs to humans. And that's not to say that these two angels behind me aren't doing a fantastic job, because they are. And they are there, you understand me, you just can't see them. But they are there because they've been I've been told many, many times that I have two angels right behind me. And they love this stuff. They love it. They can't get enough of it, honestly. They, they talk about it when I'm finished. No, really, I mean it. But this is the thing, you see, we don't really believe it. That's the problem. That's the problem. You don't feel it. You don't know it. You don't get it. It's real. It's more real than this life now. The other day when Faye was playing, and we were down here, and I'm singing this song. What was that song? I haven't sang that for years. But... It was your mum's favourite. Why was I singing a mum's favourite? Because her mum were here. That's why. Huh? Do you think that Lucia don't come here? Do you think that those we've lost don't come and join us? It's called the communion of the saints. They're all around us all the time. It's real. I, saw, I told you the other day, I saw Derek. Derek Clark. He's walking. He just stood at the door and rattled his keys. Just straight away, this Derek is in the house. Huh? This is real stuff. This stuff is going to become, it's going to be like people are going to begin to see it like they've never seen it before, honestly. This era is going to just, it's going to be popping, man. We're going to have some times, honestly. We're going to have some times. I've been having some dreams lately where I've been there. I've been there somewhere. I've been out of the, I've been in the dream out somewhere. Woo! Fantastic. Like, where am I? I think I went to Ukraine one day. We're great. I was tired, though. When I got in back in the morning, I was tired. Yeah, you see, you know, you're not ready yet. You did, you've got... This is real. Have you, have, you, have you read this book? This book is the most weird book you've ever read. No, honestly, it's really weird. The Old Testament's full of weird scenarios and things going on. That's the Old Testament... We're in the New Testament. In the New Testament, they have trances, dream dreams, see visions. They go into all sorts of places. They, they, they run like they've got special legs. Huh? Because they're in a different dimension. Huh? This is where we're in. This is what we're doing. It's, it's beautiful. But I want to tell you the evidence is in. Just like I might watch and write, I believe the military's been watching it's been writing, things have been seen, people have been, they've been watched to see if there was going to be righteousness and justice. Those people in influential places don't realize that they have been watched right now. All this time they've been watched, 
And it's not just spiritually watching. It's been watching on the earth as well. Something is going on. The evidence is in. And now, just a short while, we're going to see some things unfold. And you would all be amazed and shocked. And I, I just hope you're not too shocked. Because when I saw this, and I'm not kidding now, when I saw what I'm talking to you about, which was two years ago, I wept and could not stop crying. I could not stop crying because I saw the pain that people would go through when they realized that they have been lied to. I said, Let me just share this vision with you. I might have shared it on a, on a, on a recording that I made recently. But I was, I was watching and I saw this huge screen, huge screen. And I saw people running towards this screen and they were trying to climb up the platform to turn off the voice that was on the platform. And as they were running to turn off the voice, they were actually crashing into each other and causing it, you know, like when people are in a crowd and they all they, they, they step on each other and hurt one another. Have you seen that? Like at football matches where they all like pile on each other as they go down. You've seen that. It was, it was like that. There were so many people and they were getting crushed. But people would not stop running because they wanted to turn off what they were listening to. And I was intrigued to what they were listening to. And then as I tuned in to what was going on, I realized that whoever was on that screen was telling the whole world that they had been lied to for such a long time and they'd been poisoned and they had no knowledge of it. And you know, instead of going, how did I get poisoned? What the heck has happened to me? Do you know what they were doing? They were going, I don't want to listen to that message. I don't want to hear a message that tells me that I've been poisoned. They were running towards that screen and they were dying as they were running. And people were up the platform, falling off the platform and dying. The next scene that I saw, I was on the floor, on the ground, and I was talking to people. I was trying to stop people who were running at me. I was trying to stop and I said, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do I was pleading with them. I said, please, you don't have to do this. All you have to do is say sorry. That's all you have to do. Most of them didn't say sorry. Most of them didn't want to, didn't want to admit, didn't want to go, I might have got it wrong. I might not have seen very well. I might not have listened the right way. Most of them didn't want to know. They just carried, carried, carried on. I tell you, I came out of that dream. I have wept more in this last two years than I've wept ever. More. And I'll tell you the last one as well. And that was, I think, I've got, I think I might have shared this one, but I walked out of a door. The church, by the way, you all were in a door. You, you were in a room next door. And I think you were having a nice time spiritually. But I walked out of a door. And right in front of me was the corridor wall. And I, I was just coming out of the door. And out of this door, there was a, a face. Like, uh, and it was a bald, bald guy, but it was a distorted face. And I looked at his face and I thought, well, what's that? There's something not quite right. And the more that I looked at him, 
I could see that there were arms coming through the walls. In fact, this is what I saw first. It was just a pair of arms in, in a white jacket that came through the door. They were extended through the door, and that's all I saw. And they, and they were reaching out like this. So when I came out of the door, this is the first thing that I saw, and I thought, this is strange. And as I looked, I then saw this face coming out. But as these hands came out, the hands just got hold of me and tried to pull me through the, through the wall. But what happened is that I found this incredible power inside of me. It was so good, honestly. It was like this. It was like, no, 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 this is not happening. And I was speaking the name of Jesus on the inside of me. And as I spoke the name of Jesus, I got hold of this thing. I got hold of it, like whipped it. Nigel, I know this is what they do with the police. They like get hold of people and, and like get hold of the. I, I, I did it once in training. I wasn't very good at it, but I did it in this particular dream, and I was. It was brilliant. And I pulled this thing through the wall, and I saw this grotesque head. And I saw this thing in a white jacket, and it was huge. And as I looked, I saw that the stomach was like a pregnant woman. Inside it were arms and legs that were bouncing, like you know, like they do. And you can feel some, you can feel them moving. I could see it all coming out. And as I watched, this thing got bigger and bigger. And then I looked down and I saw the legs on this thing. They were thin. They were so thin, I realized that it was just about to fall. It didn't have enough strength to continue. And I, I spoke some words in the name of Jesus, and then this thing suddenly disappeared back into the wall, let go of me, and disappeared back into the wall. And I thought, wow, that was, that was amazing. But of course, I was perplexed. What is that, Lord? What, what, what did I see? So the next night, I went to bed, and I woke up, and I knew. I knew what had happened. It was a business head, a massive big business head with a white jacket on. Farmer. It was farmer. It was a big spirit of farmer. And it had come out, farmer, far, pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical spirit. And it had come out of the wall. And of course, it looked as though it was something very helpful and nice. But it wasn't at all. It was eating people. It was feeding on people. And I could see them inside kicking about. And I, I realized that whatever that is, you are about to see this year the biggest fall that the pharma pharmaceutical industry and business has ever experienced. You are going to witness it this year. I'm telling you, it's going to come down. It's going to come down and you are going to see it. And suddenly you are going to realize that not everything is gold that glitters. And why ever you would have thought that to start with is beyond me. Because the pharmaceutical industry has been stealing billions for years and years and years. And now... It's time to move to a different place. Because pills aren't going to get you well. Tablets are not going to get you well. Holy Ghost 
And a different way of living is going to get us well. Isn't it? And when we get well that way, we're going to stay well. Because there's a whole other realms and aspects of life that are opening up. And we've got to begin to walk into those things. But these things are going to happen and you're going to see it. I'm just telling you in, 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 in beforehand, that's all. Systems are going to fall. Things are going to happen. You remember that many, many times, many, many years ago. I, well, I don't know how many years ago it was. But I talked about Paul and he was breathing, Saul breathing threats and murder from his mouth. You remember that? He was breathing threats and murder from his mouth. And as he breathed those threats and murder, and I think we had frozen, we were, we were playing the frozen track and all that kind of stuff. Because some people, you understand me, Saul, his heart was not good at this point. He was breathing threats and murder. In other words, his DNA, his breath was full of murder. His breath was full of things that are not nice. Do you understand that there are people whom are like this? Now, we don't know how they got like that, and we know that there's a way out for them. We know that Jesus has done it all. So this is not a judgment on those people, but we have to understand that there are people like that. Still, in the world today, we have not evolved to such a point that this does not exist anymore. Sorry, but all you've got to do is watch the telly, which you've been doing for two years, to see that some people who speak are speaking lies. How many more lies do you need to listen to to understand the truth of that? Some people are speaking lies, they're speaking threats, they're speaking murder. It's coming from inside out. And it's icy cold. And when it comes inside out, you know what the enemy wants to do with it? He wants to write letters. He wants to put it in policy. He wants to put it into legislation. He wants organizations, institutions. He wants those people to do his bidding. It comes out of his mouth. Paul was just part of a system. Saul was part of a system. And because it had something to do with God... It was even more powerful. Do you understand me? His words came out of his mouth. What happened? He went to the chief priests and the high priests. What did they do? They wrote letters. What happened with those letters? They went all out, everywhere. In every synagogue, in every place, all those letters went out. And what happened to the people of God? They ended up in chains. They ended up bound in houses. They were getting dragged out of the houses. Listen, this stuff is not difficult to understand. It's really easy. You've just got to open your eyes. Do you think that we don't have institutions and systems and places that are not coming from a good heart? But you're the answer. There are thousands and millions of people out there that are the answer, that have already got something on the inside of them, that God has already put there long before they ever came here. You were one of them. Something on the inside of you has been laid down. There's a destiny. There's hope. There's peace. There's good things. There's plans. There's prosperity. It's all on the inside of you. And it's going to start popping. But before it can pop, you've got to see what's going on because it won't pop otherwise. Do you understand me? It can't pop if you don't see what's going on. So, I said that, didn't I? About the... I said that about Mary and Joseph. It was time for reality. It's time for reality, kids. 
reality, proper reality. Questions have got to be answered. We've got to look at things that have happened. We've got to start looking at it and going, okay, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You're looking from the crib. That's what you're looking from. You're looking from a place of rest. But you've got to start looking. And more than that, you've got to know who you are as you look. You've got to rest in that. Trust, submit, be there. And as we go into this new year, yeah, that's where we need to be. Because if we're not there, it's going to be really difficult. And we're going to need each other. You, 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 there's a lot of people that you, you are going to talk to who's going to need you. And if, please, I understand that when I say some of these things, it's, I'm not having a go at anyone. Do you understand me? I'm not, as far as I'm concerned, I have, there's, no ap, ap, there's no apocalyptic message in my heart. Do you understand me? This is not the end of the world. Do you understand me? This is, this is not it. There's nothing in, in me that wants to see anyone else hurt, ever. I, I don't have it in me. I don't want to see anyone hurting. I don't want to see anyone uh, in pain. I don't want any of that. But I realize that right now we are living in a situation in which God is exposing things, and not only exposing things, but justice, justice and righteousness is going to be seen. It's going to be seen again, and it's going to be seen in this country. Because once you lose it, you don't know what it is. You understand me? You've got to see it again to understand what you lost. Because otherwise, you don't, there is no standard. There is no measurement. There is nothing that's good. Everything's good and evil. No, it's all like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what we do. We can do whatever we want. Oh, can we now? No, we can't. Huh? So these things are going to happen. But we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Look at someone and say, I'm going to be okay. Everything's good. Everything's beautiful. You're going to be good. Your father. Is Rach down there? Is she all right? All right, so yeah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Well, let, let me just, Father, I just want to thank you, Lord. Not only for this house, Lord, but for all those as well that are watching tonight, all those that have been listening to the streaming, Lord, all those that will hear in the coming weeks and months, Lord. And Father, I want to thank you, Father, that we can rest like Jesus. We can rest. And we have to rest, Lord. We have to put our head on that pillow and rest with you, Jesus. And know your presence. And Father, I have no idea what you do with these words. I have no idea where they go, what happens, Father. But I know your grace and your mercy, Father. And your goodness is incredible. It's incredible, Lord, and I'm so thankful, so grateful, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that indeed your arms, your everlasting arms, Lord, your arms of comfort and love, Lord, of grace and goodness would just hold each and every person, Father, so deeply, so dearly, Lord, so beautifully. 
And Lord, that you would kiss each one with a beautiful kiss, Lord. That you would embrace each and every one of us, Lord. And Father, as always, Lord, I just ask if there's anything at all that I have said, Lord, that is unhelpful, that is not right, Father, then please uh, let it not be uh, received, Lord, in that way. But Father, everything that is good and beautiful, Father, let it rest in our hearts and our spirit, Father. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for 2023, Lord. And for your mercies to us. In 22, Lord. For your wonderful mercies, Lord. But for 2023, Lord, we thank you so much that you were with us, you were in us, you were through us. And you were beautiful, Jesus. You were so beautiful. We love you, Lord. Amen. I did about a quarter. Oh, I've nearly. Bless you. Thank you. late and it's cold, but when somebody wants to get hold of somebody, but but I just I just wanted to keep you for two more minutes because. There's two, two questions I want you to answer in your heart. Sorry. There's two questions I want you to answer in your heart. What do I need to say sorry for? What do I need to say sorry for? Because if you don't say sorry, you can't have anything of the goodness. And the other is, when I hear all that, in what ways do I want to react like the world? Because in nearly all of us, part of us in that wants to react in the same spirit. But that's where it all goes wrong. That's where it all goes wrong. And in nearly all of us, part of us would quite like to see some of those people vanish from the face of the earth. Okay, well, right there, you've got a problem. You've got a problem right there. And you've got to be honest, this is what it means to be real. That's what it means to be vulnerable. Is to ask yourself those questions and be honest with the responses. And then deal with them.
The answer is to look at reality from the crib, knowing who you are. All three things. And if you want to do two of them, you'll miss it out. So you've got to look at reality from the place of the crib, knowing who you are as you look. If there's three goals for this year, that's it. Goal number one, learn to look at reality. Goal number two, learn to see it from the place of the crib. And goal number three, look at it knowing who you are more and more. If you do those three things, it's going to be flipping brilliant. And if you don't, it's going to be flipping hard. So please don't come at the end of the year and complain to me about the rubbish year you've had if you haven't done these three things. Because that won't be a nice conversation for either of us. So I'm just warning you now. Because we don't want those conversations, do we, like two years ago? When we go, I wish I'd done what he told me. Okay, well, he's telling you right now. Okay. Father God, I want to thank you for those you've put in my life and in the life of this house that would bring your heart and be willing to stand up and say the things that have been said this evening. I want to thank you for that courage and boldness and strength. And Father, I pray that we would truly honor those words, not by platitudes, but by looking at reality from the crib, knowing who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Finally, finally, while we talk about 